Uh, we always joke that like Yellowstone makes everybody into a professional photographer because <laughs> like it's just impossible. Like you see so many cool things driving around or hiking that you just everybody comes home with just 500, 600 photos at least of things that they saw while they were there. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings, drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a Track driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview Ben Johnson, who is a 20-year-old college student that worked as a National Parks employee. So Ben is not a park ranger, nor like nor was he a park ranger, but he got a job in Yellowstone working as a supervisor for a cleaning crew in one of the hotels inside of Yellowstone. So um, basically, the, this interview like really opened my eyes to the idea that, that it sounds like a lot of us could get a job working in a national park. I kind of, it, it had never even really crossed my mind before. I thought that that was only something for park rangers um, or, I, you know, I guess I never really considered how those other jobs were filled, but it sounds super awesome, this company that Ben went through. Um, and he just got to have such a great eye-opening experience working in Yellowstone. And it's something that uh, that I wish that somebody had taught me about when I was younger. So, uh, so anyways, here is this interview with a national park employee. Ben, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I am like absolutely in love with our national parks and nature. And I've gone camping almost every single year since I was a very small child here in California. And I just want to know, like, how exactly do you get to work for a national park? And and tell us, like, your whole route of of getting to work in a national park. So it's not as, like, challenging as I thought it would be anyways. It's actually pretty simple. Um, I just applied to work for a company called Zamterra uh, to work in Yellowstone. And then they gave me, like, a short interview process. And that was all that really there was to do it. And obviously you have to be able to set aside enough time. Like that's probably the hardest thing for most people and why most people aren't able to do it is that you have to set aside, uh, you know, three, four months during the summer to be able to do it. But I mean, if you have the time to do it, it's pretty, uh, accessible to almost anyone. Okay. So there's a lot of people listening to this that maybe have the type of job nowadays where they work from home. Um, Mm -hmm. and so maybe they could swing something like that. So I think you're a very young person. You're only 20 years old. You're in college. So that obviously makes sense for you to get a job like this. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit more about, you know, exactly what that job was in a little bit and the types of jobs that they set people up with. But is there an age range or like an age cutoff in terms of where you can do this? Or if somebody is listening to this and they're 40 years old and they own their own business, can they take a three month vacation and go and work one of these jobs in a national park? Oh, for sure. Uh, It it really depends on what they're comfortable doing because the more, um, I guess like the higher level jobs like uh, management or um, just more professional jobs, I would say of like, uh, maintenance or just something that's a little more um, time consuming and skill oriented. Uh, Those take longer. So those you'd have to stay for probably the entire season, which runs from about May to October. 
typically. Um, and then, but I would say like some of the jobs that, uh, they can kind of teach you on site or, um, are a, a little less, uh, time consuming, I would say, uh, like housekeeping or, uh, being a waiter or, um, just like tour guide or something like that, you know, um, those are a lot more seasonal that you could just do during the summer. And I do think that it would be, uh, pretty easily accessible to somebody that was that just you know just wants a vacation for the summer essentially tell us about these jobs do they basically it's like they're setting you up with any type of job in the park that is not a park ranger uh so well so you get to pick i mean they have whenever you um apply like i i just really wanted to work in yellowstone national park so i typed in on google one day like yellowstone national park jobs um and uh working through zantera you get to pick uh like your top three choices or whatever that you want to do. And some obviously some of them have specific skills that you need beforehand um, for like maintenance uh, or management or something like that. But um, some of the, yeah, some of the jobs, they just let you pick and they will let you know if like, well, okay, your top choice maybe wasn't available, uh, but you can work in housekeeping and they will assign you that way. You know, like they try, they definitely try to accommodate for what you uh, specify you want to do mm-hmm. um and they I, I feel like they're pretty good about just taking really anybody that like shows a passion of wanting to work there which i mean i mean <laughs> like it's such a cool place to work i feel like everybody does yeah um, totally that's why i'm and, so surprised that this was so easy <laughs> i can't believe no, it no they, believe me i was surprised too that's i think that's like one of the main reasons i like telling people about it and letting people know is because it's just so like, like it's just like off of a lot so many people's radars i would say that like you don't really think like oh i could just go work in yellowstone national park today or you know any like grand teton national park or wherever like uh it really is uh not as challenging or um time consuming as people would think i guess like or you know like not as uh, difficult to do. yeah it's like how yeah, people always say away. that like the yeah. most beautiful girl in the bar like never gets hit on because everyone's yeah. afraid it's like but you know i kind of still doubt that it's like no that's not true and it's like the same thing with getting a job at a national park it's like oh i swear it's easy it's like yeah whatever man i'm, I'm sure it's not really easy but it sounds like it really just is that easy mm-hmm. i mean I, I i would i hate to say that it's just like easy i mean it's definitely it it is accessible i would say like you definitely have to work for you need to fill out like the application and be and make a good impression during the interview just like i mean really any job that you'd be doing of course um but it yeah i would say it's not any more challenging to get than just uh, a typical job that you would be looking for yeah so where do you sleep during this whole process where do you (laughs) eat during this whole process like what is your living situation like it really depends on what uh, you want to do. Um, so for me personally, I, they have a dorm for employees that you can stay in. Um, and I stayed in the dorm and, but there's also cabins they can use and there's also a campground. So if you, I mean, if you really, really want to go all out, you can definitely do the camping route. Um, and you can just camp in one of the campgrounds of one of the, uh, um, villages around the park. Do they take Um, different amounts of pay like uh, out of your uh, like different amounts of money out of your pay depending on where you're sleeping i believe so yes yeah i think the uh like 
cabins were a little more expensive actually. Um, and then the dorm was like the cheapest option that has like air conditioning. So that appealed to me. And then, uh, I I think that like, yeah, if you were going to go just camp, uh, it would be a little cheaper. And it really depends on what, um, yeah, like the utilities you're using as well. Cause I, I like, they don't, so like, that's one of the downsides is they, well, they like pay you, but then you also have to like pay them back basically for, uh, utilities and, um, food. Uh, so, uh, it, it just depends where you are. Like for me, it was about $200 every two weeks for living out there for in the dorms. That's how much Uh, you were paying them back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's including your food, your utilities and your just, you know, total cost to live. Yes. Yes. And are you eating like at a restaurant there or are, do they have like a little grocery store that you're buying your own food at and then cooking it? So a little bit of both. Uh, they have, yeah, they have the general stores around, like the like at Old Faithful Inn or at, uh, um, you know, the uh, Grant Village, which was where I was. They have those different stores around there, and then they have a cafeteria for employees that uh, we would go to. So you mentioned earlier about the possibility of even being something like a tour guide. I'm, I'm really surprised by that. So I would have figured that any sort of outdoor job was kind of left up to a like an actual national park ranger and that it's all of like the indoor jobs that are left for everyone else Uh, you you can actually get like an outdoor job doing stuff outdoors all day um through this company Mm -hmm. sure sure they uh they have different things like i know for uh like they're not i don't think they would let somebody uh, applying for the first time just like take groups of tour like anywhere in the park you know like they they definitely train you uh, pretty well and they um are very like particular on what they're looking for i feel like for that job specifically like that would be another job that i think you would need uh definitely a lot of training beforehand um I know, maybe I, like a past I, history as a podcast host or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah maybe yeah it might help out yeah um the because I, I know like for like old faithful, like that whole area around there is like a big boardwalk that you can walk around to all those different geysers. And they had, um, people that would walk us around there. Uh, and those, I mean, they were similar age as me. Like they weren't, I don't think they were too much older, but then there was, I mean, there was also, uh, people that like had retired or people just in their like forties that were doing it as well. So it didn't seem like it was, too much more of a, a distant job than like what I was doing. Okay. So you mentioned that you're working about eight hours a day. How many days a week are you working? Like five or like seven? <laughs> when we first got there in May, uh, before most of the areas were open um, to the public, we were working six days a week, for probably the first three or four weeks um, to get things like the first week was getting things ready. It definitely slowed down. Um, I know like there were, cause people came and went like throughout the season for whatever reason, um, they would come and go for employees. So sometimes we got like a little low on, uh, like, uh, housekeepers or, um, team leaders and it never went back to six days a week. I think like we got down to four days a week at one point. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it got it got pretty nice towards the end, uh, but it was always eight or nine hours a day because you 
had to stay until you finished uh, your lodge. So the team leader would have to stay until all the housekeepers finished every room. Um, all of the guests, like you would always check to make sure the guests had everything that they needed. And um, that pretty much that your lodge was in uh, good condition for the night until you came back the next day. So when things finally started dying down like that, like what, what do you do exactly during your wreck time? I mean, I, I, the obvious answer I know is like you go yeah. out and you check out the park, but I mean, like tell us a little bit more about that and the experience of um, like really living in a park for several months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the, at the beginning it was more of meeting people. Like that was always like, cause I went there by myself um, and I just wanted to find people that I could go, uh, explore the park with and go on hikes with. Um, so we, uh, they have, they have things in the dorm. Like they have a, uh, they have a group of employees that are in charge of like, uh, other employee activities. So they have like a, uh, rec, uh, leader that just has, uh, his whole job is to just find events or make events, make like intramural sports teams. So they have like, yeah, I was, I was mentioning like the uh, villages before, yeah, like, uh, old faithful grant village all like they all have their own like soccer team and they would have like intramural uh tournaments within the park and that the stuff like that that they Dude, what a cool uh, thing i can't believe yeah. that and how cool that great. they pay someone to just organize stuff for you guys that's wonderful mm-hmm. no it was awesome it, it definitely it, i mean it was great and the, he uh put together some of the best hikes that i went on while i was there he uh planned several things for us and they had movie nights, you know, um, and they would have, uh, just cookouts, little campfires for the employees. And, uh, they were always there too. So if you ever just didn't know what to do, like you had a day off and you didn't really know what to do today, sometimes I just go in there and, uh, talk to the rec, uh, employee. And he would just, he had like this little book and he's like, hey, you can try this hike. You haven't done this one yet. I was like, okay. And then I, you know, you would, find a group of people to uh, get together, you would go hike or camp or just go explore whatever you could find for that day. Um, and there was, a, I mean, I like, like everybody said that the lodges like kind of each have their own or the villages, sorry. Everybody says that the villages each have their own kind of personality. Um, and I think Grant Village, where I was, uh, was kind of known for being a little more musical than the others. Hmm. I think it's it was it was uh, it's kind of it's uh, further to the south than everything else. Like it's the southernmost village in the park, so it's kind of secluded in that way from everything else. So you couldn't just like uh, drive to like one of the other villages easily. So as easily, so we were all uh, alone down there basically, and we would have like nights where we just get out instruments and. Uh, just play in the lobby. Like there's a piano in the lobby and then uh, one kid brought his violin and he was really, really good. Oh, wow. So you guys would be playing for the guests there. Oh no, that was, we, that was in the dorms. Oh, and you're like your own lobby. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we would, (laughs) that'd be, that'd be pretty interesting. We played for the guests though. Yeah, for sure, man. We should have. Um, but yeah, so we just had like, just little like nights where we'd get a guitar, get the piano. That guy would get his violin. We'd sing. You know, it was it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So you um, were there for what about three months total? Yes, I was. Did and it ever I, get? Sorry, go ahead. Well, and I 
wanted to stay longer for sure. The uh, I just had to go back because of school right. and everything. But you're allowed to stay the entire season, okay? Um, if you want to. So you kind of answered the question I was going to ask, which was like, does it ever get repetitive, or you know, did you get? This feeling of like, oh man, I've been out here for too long. Oh. Or does almost the exact opposite start to happen, which is like your first couple of weeks, you're like, oh man, like I don't know if I'm going to make it three months. But then the <laughs> the more that you're in uh, like the wilderness, the more your your pace and your body and everything just kind of settles into it. And then you're like, yeah, I never want to leave this. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was like a uh, – it kind of like started – slow at the beginning, especially like with the beginning that we had for the, uh, getting the launches ready. Like we all were kind of talking to each other, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it the whole summer. And, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if this is for us. And there was some people that left. Um, there were people that really just didn't enjoy it for, cause of how they didn't expect that much work at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so they just decided to go back home. Um, but I would say the majority of people stayed, and uh, once you made it through that initial uh, time, it got a lot easier and was a lot of fun. And it kind of gave you like some camaraderie, you know, like you uh, like we we're like we we're the op- we were the people that opened the park. So we all survived it together. And that was like kind of a thing that we like wore as little badges of honor, basically. Yeah, um, totally. And we would, um, uh, you know, we they got easier. We towards the middle, like was probably like uh, when it was the most fun. Like that was before like everybody started having to leave and um, we're like, everybody had gotten to know each other. Um, And then, yeah, there was a point like towards maybe like after like two months in uh, definitely, I started to feel like I was like, I had been out there for too long. Almost. I was worrying like, Oh, like am I missing things back home or like uh, like what's going on? Like, cause I didn't really keep up with like the news or anything that much. I tried to kind of stay, uh, away from like my phone if I could and stay away from like, uh, just everything going on, um, outside of the park. Yeah. That makes it. sense and, to kind of like purposely be away from technology because, you know, obviously when you're in civilization, it's like, you're just constantly barraged by it, whether you want to be or not. So when you have mm-hmm. that opportunity, it's like, all right, let's try to try to you know take advantage of it yeah yeah and i I definitely didn't like completely like just get rid of my phone or anything like that like i still uh had it and i used it like for um just mainly as a camera honestly i just took pictures of pretty much anything i i saw there's like we always joke that like yellowstone makes everybody into a professional photographer because (laughs) like it's just impossible like you see so many cool things um, driving around or hiking that you just, everybody comes home with just 500, 600 photos, at least of like things that they saw while they were, while they were there. Um, but yeah, that like that, uh, uh, seclusion and like absence from technology and just everything else kind of started to wear on me. I know. I, I, and I think it did for everybody. Like I, I talked to people about it and they, everybody kind of, had that has the goes to the feeling, I guess, of um, like just feeling like they've been out here for too long or just like uh, re- it, it like getting repetitive. I would say that like it, the job got repetitive and people um, really just kind of had 
trouble finding like things like you know because like there's so many exciting things to do but then once you've like been in the woods for so long like just going on another hike might not seem enough anymore you know like you see you're exposed to like all these cool sites like this a beautiful lake these mountains to the south and like all of like the geysers and everything and then eventually it just gets to a point where it's like okay i've seen like a hundred geysers and i don't need to go like to old faithful again and see that dude um, i totally get you it's so funny and yeah. this it's one of these things that like you don't you want to hope like wouldn't happen to you or something that you're yeah. like above that i get or something like i don't know but it reminds me of like I, I moved to san francisco four years ago and there's so much to do here and there's so many restaurants that like every day I we go and do something different, you know, and it's like this never ending thing of like places to eat and things to see and things to do. And mm-hmm. whenever I'll be talking to my family or a friend that asks like, oh, like, well, when are you going to leave the city? Like, when are you maybe going to like move or have a kid or like whatever it is? And all I think is like, you know, it, like when I go to visit somebody now that lives in uh, like a really suburban area and it's like, hey, where do you want to go to dinner? Like we have these three restaurants, you know, and it's like that's like what they got. And it's like when you've when you've been in a place that has a thousand restaurants, it's hard to then move to a place that only has three, you know. Yeah. And however, the people that lived in the place forever with only three restaurants can really appreciate that, you know, like, because it's just what they know and that's it. And it's probably like no different than we're too, how I was saying about, um, technology and purposely leaving it behind because, you know, in society we're just barraged by technology constantly. It's like, we're also, it doesn't matter what suburb you live in or anything because of the fact that we have access to the internet and we have video games, we have books and we have this and we have that and we have that and we have that. It's like you have at your fingertips every second of every day, so many different things that you can do, like so many options, just limitless options. And when you go to a national park, all of a sudden those options are gone. And that's cool for a certain amount of time, but it makes so much sense like that after a while, um, there's a part of you that like itches for the like, but where are my options again? You know, like where is doing something else, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure. And that we uh, had like probably about two months in, we got to the point where we would drive uh, about two hours south to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, just because that was uh, a city. Like we, we maybe... Like there was about a month where we would do that about once a week just to go to like this little town um, and just try to find. Yeah, just like almost like try to see like what's going on uh, in society or just kind of just have a break from all the wilderness, I guess, Uh, because just you are surrounded by it all the time that it almost like oversaturated you the beauty and like everything that there was to see in the park and being able to go and just see the opposite. I feel like there's like that, like that's one of the main things that like draws people to a place like Yellowstone. It's like, it's so different than where you're uh, like just living in a city or in the suburbs or uh, for like most Americans, like where they live right now. Uh, It's so different. And then once you've lived there, you've lived there for two months, you kind of get to a point where it's like, well, I, I could, uh, use a city right now. Like I could use, uh, having a restaurant to go to or, um, just having like uh, a festival or something. Um, and that definitely, um, kind of gave a contrast to like what just like 
how living in uh, a city all the time um, can get monotonous. So can just living in a uh, park. Can It can get monotonous and the job can still get challenging and you still have times where you think like, that there's another place that you would rather be, but then you like you all, like you'll stop and think like, but I'm in Yellowstone National Park. Like this is one of the best places I could be. I feel like right now. Totally, but, it's so funny. There. I I was just this morning listening to um, this Wayne Dyer audiobook, and he was uh, like breaking down uh, the uh, the Tao Te Ching, and, and in this verse that he was talking about the Tao Te Ching, he's basically talking about respecting things opposites and being okay with them um and acknowledging them or whatever and he's it, like one of the things that he points out is that like we we can't even have the concept of beauty without the concept of something being ugly we can't have the concept of feeling happy without the concept of sadness and and i obviously i've heard people say this in much more trite ways before but something about the way that he was saying it was so profound in that, yeah. you know, take solace when you do feel sad because it is only because you feel sad that you even can feel happy. You yeah. would actually not be able to feel happy if you did not know what sadness was. It would be yeah. like actually impossible. And similarly, it's like when you are surrounded by that level of extreme beauty and extreme nature every single day, um, it's hard to even remember how special it is or how different it is. And then, and then again, you just want to see something different. You like, you want to see the yin to that yang just so <clears throat> you can kind of remember. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting the way our brains well, work. And I know like for me, whenever I came back, uh, going back to Austin, Texas, where I'm from seeing like skyscrapers and stuff like that, like it was like mind blowing. Like I just never like stopped to like, appreciate it before and just being away from it um for that long and not really just even thinking about uh like urban life um really definitely gave me something that or something to compare it to i guess yeah like an opposite that i could say like well i've lived without it and then now coming back like this architecture is amazing like this is such a like marvel of like human ingenuity kind of thing wow that's really um, cool yeah and it uh, really just gives you, uh, a strong idea of like the, like amount of time that it took us to like get to like urban city, like this, these massive cities, like these are like giant wonders that we built ourselves, like almost as amazing as like mountains or almost like they are, they are as amazing as mountains, you know, like you, uh, see like these natural wonders that are in like Yellowstone um, or most national parks. And like, they're amazing because you haven't seen, you don't see them as often as like skyscrapers or just regular buildings. But then you come back and it's like, wow, this is amazing. Like these uh, things that surround us every day are really, really uh, profound and like, genius that's so cool man what an awesome mm -hmm. thing to uh to kind of learn while you were gone that's so cool mm -hmm. um all right man let's talk uh talk a little bit more about your time there so you you had three months to like go on hikes and do all this stuff did you find any like crazy off the beaten places that you could recommend to any of the listeners if they're going to yellowstone like oh my gosh you have to oh yes yeah. i mean the list is like endless i mean they're some of them 
my favorite places personally um, were Heart Lake, which was that's uh, south of Grant Village. Um, the Sandbar, which is actually pretty easily accessible, it's on the uh, thumb of Lake Yellowstone, um, and you'll probably it's right by the road actually, so it's not um, too hard of a hike to get to, and almost anybody can get there. But I feel like it's it's just like it, not, not many people stop there for whatever reason. Um, but it's just this big sandbar uh, that has great fishing, and it's just beautiful, um, surrounded on both sides by like uh, the water. And then you have the road, like just going kind of off in the distance and you can see the mountains on the other side of the lake. Uh, and I would, that was like my go-to spot for sure. If I just like, if I didn't have, like if I got off of work late and I didn't have enough time to go on some extraneous hike or go try to like find something on the other side of the park, I would go to the sandbar and just read a book or hang up my hammock and just listen to like nature and just lay there and think, um, and then is that something uh, that you missed a lot? I can't imagine how much I would miss that of the uh, uh, the smell and the sound. Oh yeah. It's and the hardest thing is remembering it honestly. Like that like whenever I think back cuz it's been almost a year at this point, uh, I really just, like start to like forget like all the smells and sounds and I like just have that desire to go back and like be like, "Oh yeah, this is what my, the sandbar smelled like. This place was like my life basically while I was here." Uh, and, um, this, it, it is so, uh, like, um, it, it's just so amazing. Like the little things like that, that I feel like that you pick up on in the park, like there's specific places like that's Tetons, like going to the grand Tetons, which is the national park just below Yellowstone. Um, I remember like on one of our hikes in the snow, like I just got like this, like very strong, uh, smell of like what hiking through this mountain and going up to this uh, waterfall is like. And then like, I can't, it's hard to even remember what that was at this point. Yeah. Um, but you notice like these little things uh, about the different places that you like get attached to in the park um, that kind of just stand out to you. And I feel like that was kind of a pretty uh, amazing thing about working there is everybody had their own little places that they uh got attached to and it it was almost like a thing like like you try to like convince people that like this this is the best place in the park like this is amazing (laughs) and people like go and they're like this this is okay and like what this is amazing this is such a cool hiking spot and everybody kind of had uh their own places that they kind of like went uh for solace or just like that they all personally enjoyed um and there, yeah, I think it like those little like features like sights and sounds and smells that you like pick up while you're like almost subliminally you yeah you pick them up while you're uh, exploring different areas are the things that you like really miss I feel like once you're gone and that are probably probably the most noticeable like besides just like seeing like a giant mountain for the first time like just being able to have like all these senses of like climbing a mountain uh, and just like kind of like the pain almost of like being really cold, but trying to climb this mountain because you know that you like won't get another chance to probably in your lifetime. So it's like, oh, I just got to get to the top of this mountain and find another spot that like I can add to like my book of places that I visited while I was here. Yeah. It's like a really good type of stress that we don't have in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it, 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 it really was stressful. Like there, that was definitely a stress that I feel like a lot of people felt while they were there, especially the ones that didn't go like, 
year after year, um, like some of the uh, college students and um, everybody just wanted to do as much as they could while they were there, but it's just impossible because there's so much to do uh, that like they would just try to like go out every night and go do a hike or go uh, camping and do a new spot or just go to like places that people have suggested. Um, and it's just like, you wear yourself out and you're like, okay, I've got to take the night off. There's like a hundred places I could go right now in this park. And there's, there's so many places I want to go, but I'm just like tired. I need to like just relax for a little bit. And then I'll like pick up tomorrow and try to like check off the next location off of my list. Yeah. I have several questions about like how working in a park would have changed your perspective, like whether it changed your perspective on people or the environment or what you want to do for the rest of your life or whatever. So why don't you just say just uh, like overarching? First of all, I love what you said about changing your perspective on your appreciation for cities and, you know, like just for other things, like for everyday life. Um, But any other ways that, that like working in a park has really kind of changed you as a person? Uh, before going there, I had, like had already uh, like finished my first semester of college, and I like had several other small jobs before. And I feel like it kind of, uh, I felt like it gave me like almost like a not like this doesn't matter kind of attitude, but like a perspective. Like, yeah, like a perspective and an ability to like relax. Like whenever I went back to like. Uh, school and went back to uh my like just working um i knew that like well there's this like amazing place that i could go you know if i if just like almost like if everything like went wrong in my life like if i just like had to drop out of school and like i uh just decided that like i really just didn't want to um stay like in a city anymore like i knew that there's like this place that i like uh, i could just go to a national park and I could uh, kind of just, I, if I wanted to, I could just live there for the rest of my life. And I could work, I could work like there during the season and like tried, like I could work there during the summer and then maybe go to a different one during the winter or like, uh, you know, it gave me like a attitude of like, it's going to be all right. Uh, and it's going to, yeah, it is going to be all right. Like this, like everything that like was bothering me or like the things that stressed me out before, like it kind of became more minute or like how minute they were became more apparent. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's funny you say that this, that always, ha- I love when there's a very, uh, like starry sky at night. Like when I'm out in nature, mm-hmm. when, whenever I'm, uh, there's just tons of stars overhead. And, uh, and like earlier that day I was stressed out about something. It's, it's just such a slap across your face of like, you idiot. Like yeah. your, your problem is literally nothing in the, like the grand scheme of the cosmos and you know, oh, whatever. Sure. And, and certainly being in, uh, like an amazing national park, like, like Yellowstone, I would imagine having the same sort of effect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something like the same thing. Like you are, like hiking a mountain and you're like this mountain like doesn't you know like i'm just such a like small piece of like this earth compared to like this mountain and like uh it really anything that i could be worrying about right now uh like isn't as um significant as i believe it to be you know and it's not going to harm me as like much as i think it would like anything that stresses me out it's like well, what's the worst that could happen if it like if something went wrong you know, like this, these like mountains and the, all these trees, this lake, like this has all been here forever. And it's like, probably (laughs) going to still be here, you know, like it's going to be here for a lot longer. And 
like long after I'm gone and all my problems are like have gone away, like this stuff is still going to be here. And that's, it's very like comforting to me. I know like thinking that like, like, cause it seems like so much stuff in life, like isn't constant, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that uh, varies and there's a lot of stuff that just, you feel like, Oh, if I don't keep this up, it's going to go away. If I don't keep like working towards this thing, I'm going to lose it. But it's like, this is a thing like that won't go away. If I, uh, leave it alone, you know, like it's stronger and like more persistent than anything that I know, you know, so I could go or yeah, or anything that I can do. And I know that it'll still, it will still be there. Um, like whenever I'm like 80 and I've retired and I'm like just ready to take a break again, like I can go back to uh, Yellowstone or any national park and I can just like, if I just want to work there for the summer, that's still going to be something I could do. And all of these, uh, uh, like stories and people that I've met and places that I've been here, they will be there to like either think about or just go visit again one day, you know? Yeah. That's a, uh, a beautiful, profound thought from a college student. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't so know. let's, uh, let's leave it out on that, Ben. Dude, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and sharing this with us. I wish really bad that someone had shared this with me back when I was in college. So mm-hmm. hopefully anybody listening to this that's in college can check out the, uh, that place. So give us the name yeah. of it one more time and I'll put it up on the half hour intern website so people can go check it out. Zantara, um, for sure. That was the one that I worked for that one. Uh, that, and they, were great to me they you know gave me a place to stay lodge food um and then um national park service for um being a ranger cool man ben thanks so much man we really appreciate it yeah no problem thanks blake Hey everyone, it's Blake. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I wonder how I could help Blake out. First of all, you are probably the nicest person in the entire world. Secondly, all you have to do is just tell a friend about the show. I would really appreciate it. If you're sitting there and thinking, man, my job is really interesting, or man, I do this totally badass hobby. I should totally be on this show then you totally should be on the show. Just reach out to me on halfhourintern.com, my website. You can email me through there. And uh, if there is another job or hobby that you don't do, but you just want to hear about it, you can submit any sort of idea through the Submit Your Ideas link on the page. Thanks again for listening. Take care.